What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. I want to welcome you to this version of the Niche Finder podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. There won't be any guests, but I do want to provide you with some information that I think could be helpful if you're looking to publish your first book or write your first book. So this is just some information to kind of help you get over the hump of the infamous writer's block. All right. So let's get right into it. All right. Today, we're just going to be talking about some information that I actually share with the connect group that I, I lead at my church, Christ Church, big up to them. And um, it's a great, great work um, that I find is happening uh, because the connections are pretty deep. We are connected through uh, the interests of writing. So separate from that, let's just get right into the material. All right. So when we look at writer's block, right, many of us suffer from writer's block or many people suffer from writer's block. There's things that we can do to overcome writer's block. But first, let's look at the deterrence, the deterrence. First one that we have and the the deterrence that we look at three secrets to overcoming writer's block. There are three deterrents that we may contend with. The first one is fear. This is when we want to do, but don't. You know, Zig Ziglar has a great uh, analogy that he uses, or acronym rather, that he uses, where he says, false fear is false evidence appearing real. And so when you think about that, a lot of times we may be fearful, maybe it is a uh, you know, poor self-image, a lack of uh, esteem, it could be trauma that um, causes when we sit down to write the things that we want to write about it could be so traumatic that that fear kind of inhibits our writing. And so it's real. Um, and so that's when we sit down to write, but we feel we can't write because of some barrier, some barricade. It's real. There are those who can come alongside you, whether it be a coach, a consultant, a counselor uh, who can come alongside you to help get you over those barriers. But it is a clear and present threat 
but it is something that with the adequate support you can overcome. So fear is the first determinant that we will highlight. The second one is frustration. So where fear is when we want to do but don't, frustration is when we want to do but won't. And so when we talk about being frustrated, you know, it could be any number of things. Maybe we had an intense deadline that we just didn't meet. Maybe we've been working on this thing, this uh, this dream that we have of writing a book and it just hasn't panned out. And maybe you just frustrated. Maybe you just feel like you're throwing in a towel and just say maybe writing isn't for me. Yet there is still this burning desire to get what you have inside of you out if it's still there. The embers are still lit. I would say get a little lighting fluid and pour it on embers. <laughs> uh, a passion, right? But see, the only problem with passion as a flame is the same flame that impassions us. It's the same flame that can also make us feel burnt out. And so there has to be a balancing act between the two. So frustration can stop our writing. Uh, one recommendation that my editor, uh, Elise, would say is just put it down. Just <laughs> put it down for a minute. Put the work that you're trying to write. Put it down. Take a deep breath. And we'll go through some of the three things that you can do to enhance your writing. But if you're frustrated, just put it down for a minute. Let it breathe. And the third deterrent that we have here is focus. This is when we want to do but can't, right? Fear is we want to do, but don't. Frustration is we want to do, but won't. And focus is when we want to do, but can't. We can't because we're not prioritizing or we can't because we're not focusing on the main thing or keeping the main thing, the main thing. We, be, we may want to talk about this and talk about that and all over the place. If we don't have an outline, if we don't prioritize our time or try to make it something that is enjoyable, when it comes down to writing, it will get blocked. That's right. Some of the things that may stop us from moving forward could be us. And so those are three deterrents. But let's very quickly get into the three things that could be used or three secrets that could be used for overcoming some of those barriers that I mentioned. And obviously, it's not an exhaustive list, but here are some things that you can use to help overcome writing block, writer's block or make it more your writing more free flowing. The first one is make it fun. Right. Make it fun. So you want to connect your writing activity to something that you actually enjoy or write about something that you're deeply interested in. You know, I, I, I don't recall the professor, but there was a Stanford professor many years ago. I, I remember reading about this and she basically um, had um, a delayed gratification for those things that she knew she needed to do she coupled it with something that she wanted to do and so for her this is way back in the day when ipods were a big thing and she had um audiobooks that she wanted to listen to and she only listened to the audiobook um on her ipod and she left the ipod in the gym locker so she knows she she wanted to work out and she only rewarded herself with that uh, that that book or that activity of listening to her book. She only could listen to it, uh, which is something she desired to do. But she only did it when she had her um, when she was at the gym. 
she didn't really want to go to the gym, but she knew she needed to go to the gym. So coupling those two activities actually made it fun for her. Um, exercising or going on a treadmill and doing, you know, however many miles that she did because she had it coupled to an activity that was fun. The same can happen for you with your writing. Make it fun. If you are a runner, one of the individuals in my connect group is a runner. And my recommendation to her is just as you as you're running, just tell your story, you know, tell the audience your story of what are you doing for preparing for your race? What are you doing to uh, as you're running? What are you thinking? And also, what are you thinking after you finish your race? How are you recovering? And all these other things go into that diet stretching and all those things that for her is intuitive but for those people who don't know how to run can be very helpful so you will connect those two and overcome writer's block because now you make it a conversation and you can talk all day about things that you're interested in so why not make it fun the second is make it a friend make your writing activity a friend and by, by that, I would highlight what T.D. Jakes calls to be the three types of friends. I mean, this is just perfect. I want to share it with you. He says, in life, there are three types of friends that you will come across. He says, the first are confidants. And these are people who are for you. He says, um, in life, in a lifetime, T.D. Jakes says that you may have like two, possibly three in a lifetime of confidants. These are people who are for you. He said, the second group are constituents. Now, constituents aren't for you, as he puts it. Constituents are for what you are for. Now, what that means is, is that you have a, you know, whatever the interest is connected around, whether it be a political persuasion or maybe there is, um, you know, you root for the same you know, sports team. But that's a constituency. It's something that people are for what you are for. And then the last group, he says, are comrades. Well, comrades aren't for you. They're not for what you are for, but he says they're against what you are against. And by that, it is a common enemy. And so that's where the camaraderie will come because you have a common enemy. So now, how does this relate to your writing and overcoming writer's block? Well, speak to your audience as you write, as if you're speaking to one of these three groups. You can speak to them as if you're speaking to a confidant, depending on what you want to disclose. You can speak to them as if you're speaking to a constituency and, and encouraging some common um, um, belief, or you can speak to them as if they're comrades. The last one I will share with you is fellowship. Now, I love fellowship. I love this, this section right here. Um, and this is where you get more into an intimate and a more spiritual relationship with God. Uh, David is a great example of this. A very quick commercial break on this. David, at the time of this writing, had already uh, had a, a real low point in his life, right? He had committed adultery. He was also, um, it was just a number of things going on in his life. And David still found um, solace in finding his way back to God. And so for, for David in this section here, where we talked about making it fun, making it a friend as you write, but the third way of overcoming writer block, writer's block is making it a fellowship. And David did this. If you look at the first four scriptures that David wrote after his descent, and he repented to God. After that, he wrote these four, these four chapters of, uh, of the Bible. And the first one was Psalms 32. 
Psalms 32 was uh, David talking about, um, I call it what, repristination. In this scripture, he's writing um, and penning the words that he basically is sharing his adoration to God. But he begins to start saying, you know, he's thankful and having joy for the fact that God has delivered him from his disobedience. And, and it, it was just something that when he shares this intimate relationship for him, it was repristination. Well, what's repristination? Well, repristination is like when you go into a parking lot and you find that the parking lot lines where people need to park, they're faded. And it's really hard to see where you should be parking and where you shouldn't. But then someone comes along or they hire a company and this company now repaints the lines so that it's clear and it looks fresh. Now it's the same old parking lot, but the, it looks new now. And now when people know where to park, that process of painting the lines over is called repristination. So that was Psalms 32. The other part of what I call the four pillars of rejuvenation that highlights David's ability to fellowship in his writing was Psalms 51, where 32 is repristination. Psalms 51 is restoration. So restoration of his relationship with God. And he begins to talk about how um, he, he wants, wanted God to cleanse him and creating him a, a clean heart and renewing him a right spirit. And so in that, he now um, begins to um, pen, again, a fellowship with God. But if this what he's writing is one that shares restoration. The third is Psalm 86. So repristination, restoration, Psalm 86 has to do with reconnection, right? He begins to talk about how low he felt at that time in his life. But yet he felt that God still gave an ear to his cries. And so there was a reconnection that was happening in Psalm 86. And in a day of his trouble, as he put it, he said that he would call upon him and he answered him, right? Just, there was just this reconnection between him and God. And then lastly, in the form of fellowship, the last the last psalm that he wrote in this cluster of what I believe to be the four pillars of rejuvenation, it was reconciliation. Psalms 122. This is what, what is reconciliation? Well, reconciliation is having that peace uh, in, in a time of trouble. Right. The reconciliation is is when, you know, the, the weapons have been put down and now the, there there is peace and a, uh, a reconciliation between parties. Well, you know, it wasn't as if he was in battle against God, but he was embattled within himself because of what had happened. He was in battle within himself. But yet he, he then now pens and Psalms. Uh, Psalm chapter 122, verse eight, he then uh, goes on to say, he says, um, and I will now say, peace be within thee because of the house of the Lord of God, I will seek thy good. And so David, again, encapsulates his fellowship. This is him writing. You know, this is him writing um, and making it a fellowship as he was writing. And so just to recap, the three secrets to overcoming writer's bottom is one, make it fun. Two, make it a friend as if you're speaking to a friend. And then three, make it a fellowship. You know, write your words as if you're speaking 
to God and as you're speaking uh, to, to someone who is bigger than your situation that you feel is bigger than you. <laughs> That's all I got for you today. And so I want to thank you for tuning in today. Look, join us on launchmyniche.org uh, if you want to learn uh, more about it. If you've been on the fence, just 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 go and check it out. Look, you'll have you'll find three uh, common mistakes that um, coaches, consultants, and counselors make when trying to launch their niche online. We'd be happy to share with those uh, mistakes. So I'll also give you three tools to help you overcome those mistakes. And we'd just love to connect with you um, in, in that in that form. So, uh, you know, that's all we got for you today. We look forward to having the very next episode. We may have an expert that we're going to share with you. Actually, you have uh, a few that I, a few other items that I want to share with you. So I may uh, push back a couple of the experts, but we'll see. Let's see how it goes. Thank you for tuning in today. And we look forward to speaking with you again in the not so distant future. Thanks again.